Hello everybody, it's myself and Lee here for another Gaming News Power Hour brought to you by Tata Studios. Today we're going to talk about the Game Awards, its influence over, I guess, gaming culture and what it really represented and what we thought about the results. We're also going to talk about a year of polarity, which was is basically all these games, big time games that have a completely divided fan base. We are seeing all kind of uh, review bombing and, and stuff like that happening to these games and, and what's going on with gamers and also we're going to finish out this podcast with our favorite gaming experiences of the year thank you for tuning in and let's get started And our normal icebreaker. Uh, right now, it's just me and Lee, but we're going to have guests later when we talk about our favorite gaming experiences of the year. Uh, we're going to have a couple of guests come on and, and give their favorite experiences of the year. But right now, it's just this me is and called Lee. fixing it in post, kids. For everyone at home, yeah. fix it in post. It's great. Right in now, fact, this probably won't even be in it. That's why it's funny. I think it will be. Okay, we'll see. So right now, we'll do our normal icebreaker. As always, we introduce ourselves and talk about the games we've been playing lately. Lee? Uh, I have simply been playing a very dangerous game of making sure that uh, nobody suspects that Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios raped and killed a girl in 1992 at a Muskogee, Oklahoma Holiday Inn. Because that would be bad if people thought that. You've got to stop. You got to stop with this narrative. You can't keep doing this. Okay. All right. I just. I. That's the. That's the most dangerous game. Uh. But other than that, I've been playing Fallout seventy six because a lot of people think that uh, you know, Todd Howard killed Fallout, which is inaccurate. But no, you know, he just killed a woman in Muskegee, Oklahoma. <laughs> um. So mm-hmm. what do you uh? How you, how are you liking Fallout seventy six? Well, uh, I'm on my 10th character. I've gotten 10 characters all to level, like, you that's, know, 75 or whatever. That's not true. That's a lot. Uh, that's not true. Yeah, I had, like, 5,000 caps apiece. Uh, just really just out of things to do in the game. There's it's, there's no content. Oh, man. Uh, that's all. Like, that, I'm just making all of that up. Uh, I actually am really enjoying the game. Um, like, it's it's interesting because I was the person who, at the uh, the announcement of that, I was like, Oh, they're jumping the shark. Uh, I don't. This is stupid. This isn't what your fan base wants. This is dumb. Give me, give me Elder Scrolls uh, Six or give me Fallout Five. I don't want this. This is dumb. I'm, I, you know, I'm not on board for this. And I did not want it. Did not care anything about it. Uh, and as time went on, I realized uh, that I was wrong. Um, that Fallout Five and Elder Scrolls Six can still exist in a world where Fallout 76 exists, and sometimes it's okay to play something different. And it's definitely different, but different's not bad. It's it's really weird, because I'm playing the, that game as well. Um, uh, it's really like, it's like a s- slight survival game, like seven days, like kind of like how Ark treats itself. Uh, one of these games where, you know, you build defenses, you, you try to survive, but it's a very casual experience with the eating. Yeah, it's more like seven, seven years to die. 
yeah, it's more like seven years to die. Yes, very much so. Um, but also, it's it's covered. It's you could you could say that Bethesda's lore team jizzed all over this world because it's covered in sticky, creamy goodness. Uh, as far as if you love, and I have not I have not been told once that another settlement needs my help, and that's the best feeling in the world. Um, and in fact, last night, uh, at about two o'clock in the morning, I was playing, uh, this is really bad grammar at two o'clock in the morning. I was, uh, playing, uh, with my friend, uh, Dylan, who's going to be on here later. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and I came across, uh, an encounter I'd never come across before. I had four super mutants that started arguing with each other, uh, over something, and I was, you know, just uh, sneaking outside of their, you know, range. And I was just listening to them. Uh, and they started this argument with each other. And then they started shooting at each other. And, like, until one of them died. And then the other three, you know, like, ran off to go attack a mole rat or something. And I was like, what in the world? I had never experienced that before. So there's still a bunch of little things that I, I keep running into that are a lot of fun. That add, like, a lot of flavor to it. That, that give it that traditional Fallout vibe. Um, and I just think that you just have to look for it. Like the two robots that are like a married couple that keep arguing with each other about stuff. And yeah. there's just, just fun stuff. If you just like look for it. And a lot of things I personally don't think you have to look for a lot of stuff because there's so many hollow tapes everywhere that tell these great stories. And my favorite way of storytelling in fallout is in hollow tapes. Uh, secondary, oh my gosh. second to hollow tapes is normal stories. And third is of course on terminals, which there's tons of term, terminal voice acting heaven, voice it's acting heaven, great voice. Jeez, acting. man. And the reason why I love hollow tapes is because I can play them and keep going about my game while listening to it. I can do two things at once. It's not like a story cutscene where I have to stand there and wait for them to get done talking and give them a generic interaction as far as, what we've become accustomed more and more as far as like dialogue with just a standard character. Like your side characters never really had a lot of dialogue options. Like it was just something to get to the better part of the story. And these kind of act like those side characters, but you can listen to them while you do other stuff. And uh, it's really neat. I really enjoy that, that there's so many. There's two, there's so there's two specifically that have stood out to me. One is in a town called Flatwoods and one is in a town called Morgantown. The one in Flatwoods, uh, I lockpicked a refrigerator, and inside of it was a corpse uh, and a couple things, and there was a holotape of his last moments, of him desperately clawing and banging and trying to get someone to open the fridge. The list was a very good performance, and another one was very similar in Morgantown, uh, it was a girl who was locked in the closet and realized she was going to starve to death, basically. And there are two opposites in that one of them was kind of quick and gruesome, and the other, she was very logical about it and very analytical and was going into detail and kind of describing how she was feeling uh, throughout the process. And both of them were very good performances. Uh, but you just find things like that, and it's, yeah. you know. It's so uh, on top of a church, I uh, found a hollow tape that was dropped by like a five year old boy. Uh, when the nukes were dropping, basically blaming himself, like running through all the bad things he had done and thinking that it was his fault that it was happening. And you know how kids rationalize everything as being their fault. And you find that tape and it's very, it's heart wrenching. You can find the tape from the same kid later on when he's grown up uh, and he's kind of realized that he's kind of become somewhat of like a community leader or something too. So I found both of those. That that's pretty incredible actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I've actually been playing Fallout 76 alongside Super Smash Brothers, which is incredible. Probably the best Smash. It's definitely the best Smash Brothers game I've ever played. It's definitely, definitely, definitely the best fighting game I've ever played. And uh, some people were like, "Oh, we don't have Subspace Emissary." Subspace Emissary was always treated like a uh, very light platformer with very hollow fighting in it. The way they have this set up now is this huge world map. You go around and you fight all these. Uh, characters from there's there's thousands of characters and you're fighting hundreds of them uh one-on-one or one-on-four or whatever from different games no matter the character like okay so they have characters from smash brothers that are representing characters from other games like you would have liquid ocelot that is actually a character with a bunch of different guns it's like a splatoon character with a bunch of guns and or you would have uh, Rayman, who is really just like Sonic, that's really fast, and he has an assist trophy that's kind of like this balloon man, and it looks kind of like Rayman because his arms don't connect to his body because he's weird. Um, you've got a, a lot of those situations, which are really, really, really neat how they pull off a lot of uh, characters. There's like a king um, that has a pet dragon from the Fire Emblem series, and so you fight this Ganondorf in all black and a black Charizard. Um, so it's, it's actually really neat how they do everything, how they represent everything. Uh, there's only a few cutscenes. It's not a story focus, but the fights are really good. I'm currently clearing out, like there's, I think I'm at one half of the map, and there's another half of the map to unlock, and the only character I have left that I can't beat is Pauline, because I'm on the stage where your jumping doesn't work very well. It's the old DK arcade stage. You're fighting Pete, who constantly avoids combat, and you have a very overpowered DK and Mario attacking you at all times. That is so hard. <laughs> But uh, it's so good. It's so fun. Um, the online recently got fixed, so that's better. Um, I just I'm loving the game. It made me put down Pokemon. Like it's it it pulled me away from Pokemon because uh, I can't manage Pokemon and Smash Brothers and Fallout 76 all at the same time. But those are the three games I'm playing. The old Spencer would the old Spencer would have been playing the Switch. While he was trying to play Fallout seventy six, yeah, and the old Spencer would oh my god, the old Spencer would have got everyone killed. The old Spencer used to uh, quote unquote snipe in Mag, which entailed him laying down prone on a hill with a sniper rifle on his character while he was playing something else on his Nintendo DS. Oh my god! Until we said Spencer, 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 and he would just fire a random shot at someone. That's He's not wrong. <laughs> All right, so now we will go into our, basically our news rundown. I'm going to do it in 100 seconds, so we can go ahead and, you know, put on the Mario music, and I'm going to read through the top headlines from the last couple of weeks now, because we're behind, in 90 seconds. Starting now. Planetside Arena introduces 500 player battle royale and 250 versus 250 mode. Devil May Cry 5 is sold to three different points of views, three different characters, but if you're connected to online, you're playing as one character and the other two playable characters are actually real people. That's really cool. Metro Exodus now releases February 15th instead of 22nd because they don't want to get completely buried like the marketing's already doing. Street Fighter 5 screws up again, adds actual ads as a feature. Mortal Kombat 11 may introduce Spawn, who is teasing a poll for Injustice 2 deal. 
Odyssey. 2B will be added to Soul Calibur 6 this month, so they're done with the fighting stuff. As PS1 Classics Flood Soars, unable to sell, the SNES and NES Classic are confirmed to be discontinued. Red Dead now sells gold for money, 25 bars for 10 bucks, and subsequently certain items are changed to only be bought with in-game cash. Also, anyone who pre-ordered the game are getting between $100 and $1,000 of cash depending on the version they purchased. GTA 5 Online also gets a new big update, a big expansion in Spider-Man Max called Arena War. Zenimax sues Facebook for ripping off VR tech, wanted $4 billion, got $500 million, still a win, and it covers the losses from Fallout 76. Discord opens their store in response to Epic Games Store and, re- and gives 90% of revenue to stu- studios compared to Epic's 88%, and Steam's lame 70%. Good guy Epic Games giving cross-platform tools to developers for free, World War Z skips Steam and will release on Epic Games Store exclusively, Blizzard stops uh, support of Heroes of Storm, pisses off everyone, Riot Games CEO is suspended for two months and I'm done. Wow. I didn't get through everything. (laughs) Moving on like the Game Awards. That's right. Now we get to talk about this mess. Um, Yeah, this this is apparently a thing. Yeah, so the Game Awards, alright, so um, you want me to, I'll just run down the winners and who they beat. A few of them. Well, we we always run down the winners. That's kind of what this is about. Oh my god, that's true. Alright, so um, game of the year and game best game direction went to God of War. Cool, that's fine. Best ongoing game went to Fortnite over Overwatch, No Man's Sky, Destiny Two, Rainbow Six Siege. I guess Fortnite should is fine. I really thought Rainbow Six Siege probably was gonna win because uh, No Man's Sky ongoing. It's, that's more like correcting the ship. Destiny 2 yeah. is technically I'm, on... I'm not even mad about the Fortnite thing. I know there's a lot of Fortnite hate. It's not my cup of tea. I don't enjoy playing it. But Same. Eh, I get why people like it. It's, yeah, I get why people like it, yeah. It's zany. It's interesting. So. Um, Siege just really changed the game with... They can just keep releasing seasons instead of new games, and I thought that was really neat. Because um, that could be the feature for a lot of stuff. Uh, and, and technically, I would have given it to Grand Theft Auto 5 maybe again. But their newest update came out a little too late. Uh, the game direction thing, uh, God of War over Spider-Man, Red Dead, Detroit Become Human, and A Way Out. I feel like they only nominated A Way Out because of the cringy interview they did with the developer last year. It's like, why was that on the list at all? Whatever. Uh, best narrative went to Red Dead Redemption 2, which I do agree with. The main story of Red Dead Redemption 2 is great. It's a great cowboy game. The The world that Red Dead 2 is in, the open world, is boring and dumb as hell, and I don't enjoy that. And the online is like Buster. Um, oh, man. I could hear people's keyboards melting already. I mean... Well, not really. It's probably more like their phones, because most of these people don't have PCs. It's, it's, But Red Dead is polarizing. Like you don't have the unanimous support like Grand Theft Auto did. So, well, the last good Western I played was Fallout New Vegas. So, I mean that that genre is kind of hard to pull off correctly. I I wish I had a sound clip for for Big Iron, but I can't believe I I have uh, I have the vinyl of Marty Robbins' Gunfighter Bound and Trail Songs. If we can get it off of that, I, I know, I know. Um. Uh, uh, let me just go over some some quick ones. Um, that okay. So you had like stuff for audio. You had stuff for music. Okay, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna get really too mad at that. Best performance went to Roger Clark. Hey, the- I whoa, hold up. I do have to hold, hold. Let's go back there, cowboy. I am really curious on the best audio design. 
how Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is on there. And the reason I say that is because I played the game, enjoyed it, put a lot of hours into it. Fourth Prestige, the most I've ever done in a Call of Duty game. Uh, the audio was not that good on headphones, um, especially for things like footsteps. Uh, the direction was off on a lot of things. Uh, some of the guns sound kind of weird. Um, it's possibly just because I'm spoiled by all the mods that I usually run on, like Fallout 4 and stuff, because a lot of the mod authors do such a good job on, like, you know, firearm audio and stuff. I just felt like some of them, some of them sounded like they were realistic, and other ones sounded like they just kind of got on the synthesizer and said, this is what we think a gun would sound like well, if it was this color. Okay, so, okay, since we're going to go back to the audio stuff, I, okay, I, yes, I don't know why they were on there. Red Dead 2 did have great audio design, uh, especially compared to Spider-Man, God of War, and Forza, which I played. I didn't play Black Ops, but um, it had better design than them, I guess. It had a lot of stuff to it, very complex, whatever. The best score shouldn't have went to Red Dead. It should have went to someone like Celeste, but whatever. Art direction going to not anyone but Octopath Traveler is astounding, because Octopath Traveler was so different. It's like... And, and, right. And, and it's like, hey, you love 16-bit? Hey, you love the the lighting of the new age and in, in, in different audio like uh not audio but uh water effects and stuff it, it, it was great how they did every i can't believe autopath traveler didn't win best art direction and i feel like they only gave nintendo kind of props on games when it was the most convenient for them i feel like they tried to lock out nintendo of a lot of these awards because Jeff Keighley has always had a very indifferent relationship with Nintendo and especially Reggie fils So that's annoying. Um, but uh, we go to uh, stuff like best action game, Dead Cells, Beat Out Destiny, Far Cry 5, Mega Man, Black Ops. I'm not sure why. Like, I, I, Dead Cells was really good, but everyone said it was really good as far as a, you know, an homage to old Ninja Gaiden. So I'm not really sure why an mm. homage indie game beat out Far Cry 5. I, I, I feel like they do want the inclusion of indie games, but that one felt forced to me. Um, best action adventure game went to God of War. Cool. That's fine. I'd probably agree. Uh, second to God of War for me personally is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, best role-playing game. Hey, Lee, uh, which one of these is not like the other? Dragon Quest Eleven, Nino Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler, Pillars of Eternity 2, and Monster Hunter World. Um, well, Pillars of Eternity is not a role-playing game. It's a uh, nautical simulation, so I'm going to say Monster Hunter World is definitely not a role-playing game. Monster (laughs) Hunter World, you just go and fight monsters. Yeah, that's, is that not what an RPG is? They're swords, though. Swords make it an RPG. Same force as an RPG. Well, you role-play as the driver. You You know, you're not wrong, actually. Technically, every game's a role-playing game. Yeah, so as long as you don't play it yourself, go with JRPG or don't have this this <sighs> at all. I would say that I would say the only game that's not an RPG is those visual novels with the porno stuff in it on Steam. The oh, reason is man. because most of those you play a talentless loser who's an insult who's kind of like obsessing about anime girls. So it's not really a stretch for most of the people who play those. Ah, uh, yeah, they're not actually playing; they're living. So They're living it. It's game. yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, also, uh, so uh, best family game, Overcooked Two. I didn't know. 
Overcooked was family game. Why is this a why is this a category? Best family game? I I, I forgot that Mario Odyssey came out last year. <laughs> like also, yeah, and it's like okay, so there's Mario Tennis Aces, Nintendo Labo, Starlink, Battle for Atlas, which was primarily sold on the Switch, even though PS4 and Xbox Ones did get inferior versions, and Super Mario Party, and they literally chose Overcooked too. There was four nominees from Nintendo and Overcooked 2. I felt like that was a slap in the face, like Jeff Knightley saying, you know what? I hate you, Reggie fils because you beat me up. You beat me up all the time off camera, and I hate you. Um, it, it, best <laughs> best multiplayer game. Sea of Thieves, Monster Hunter World, Destiny 2, Call of Duty, but Fortnite won. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Especially it, because Monster Hunter World is a, you play as co-op or you just die a lot. Like it's that is the ultimate co-op game. That's where I would have given the award to Monster Hunter World, and I would have let a real damn RPG win Best RPG. Yeah, it it didn't happen that, but yeah. And they had a bunch of esports stuff and and streamer stuff, and I don't give a shit about streamers or esports necessarily. And I don't think any of the crowd did. Uh, That's why they, you know, I I do I do like um. The controversy of Sonic Fox, like, uh, like just everything about the situation made me happy, um, because of all the memes that people made about the people getting mad. Uh, Why were they getting mad? Because he is a gay black furry, and he made the oh, yeah, comment yeah, yeah, yeah. in his speech that he's everything Republicans don't like, <laughs> and that's he just made that comment. And I saw so many. My favorite meme, and I'm going to describe it, was the uh, Hindenburg. And it just shows it like, you know, just sitting there tethered and it's not exploding yet and it's all nice. It says, unlike you liberal snowflakes, I'm not triggered so easily. And the very next meme, you know, panel, is it exploding. And it said, <laughs> why the gay furry man make fun of Republicans? <laughs> so, and it just it just made me happy. All right. So I have to ask this question to you because I already have my opinion in my head. Do these game awards matter yet? Because uh, we're caught in this weird thing of when I look at the Oscars, I think, well, they're really out of touch. And I watch the 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 Choice Awards, and I'm like, this is this is really stupid. This is just a bunch of teenagers voting from their app. Now with gaming, they said that with this one, with the Game Awards, they said that we all got to vote and we all went on. I especially went on there. I voted for every category I could, and I tweeted about every single category just to learn that all of the internet votes combined is worth one vote out of 65 votes. And I was like, so why did we waste our time going on that ad-ridden site to vote for your bull crap and tweeting it out and giving you free advertising with everyone tweeting about it like i don't yeah. what is it? if it's not our choice and you're not making artistic decisions because you put people like black ops 4 on best sound design um yeah. if you're not going to raise your own damn standards and <laughs> and you're not going to listen to the people what the fuck is the point yeah, because with, with audio design, it, it's like it goes down so much between games. Because like when you play something like Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, and you listen to the audio on that, yeah, and then you play something like Call of Duty Black Ops Four, it's like I, I don't know. It, it's almost like if the Grammys also included your local Leonard Skinner cover band at the bar downtown. Yeah, why the hell was a way out on Best Game Direction? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't with content creator of the year too, like 
Oh, Ninja. God damn it. Dude. It's it's just it's well, that's a popularity contest. I was I don't know. Um I voted for Pokimane, but I really don't give a shit either way. Yeah, it's I, I only like problematic people like XQC and I guess so whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't really this is the first year I even like started watching Twitch at all. Yeah. And uh I really didn't know what to think about a lot of the creators when I first started watching them. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm kind of surprised to not see someone like Dr. Disrespect on there as popular as he is. I'm but, glad. Yeah, I don't know. There's, it, it's so just, there's, it, there's three types of streamers, and that, that's the problem with content creator of the year, is they can't just give that blanket statement. That is literally like Yeah, because everybody does so much different kind of content, you know? It's like saying sport of the year. It's like, the fuck you just say? Peyton yeah, because Manning versus you LeBron at, James. Okay, if I go to Twitch right now, what's what's the most popular game on Twitch? If you just had to guess. Um, it's either going to be Fortnite, League of Legends. Sp- yeah, spoiler, it's Fortnite. Yeah. Um, it's Fortnite yeah. by almost double League of Legends, which is number two. Yeah. Um, okay, so Content Creator of the Year is probably going to go to whoever is the most popular in the Fortnite okay. category. Yes. Now, that, this which is, is what, what happened. This is and where I think... Yeah. Uh, content creators break down into three categories. Um, you, so there's games. Some people just follow mm-hmm. games. I don't follow people as much as I follow games. If I go on Cauliflower, like today she was streaming for all her s- subscribers, and it was just Spyro the Dragon. I'm like, I'm going to fuck about watching someone play Spyro the Dragon. I'll watch you for Dead by Daylight. So I just went to Dead by Daylight and found the next streamer uh, until he played fucking Baby Shark. And then I was like, nah, not you either. And I went to the third um, Dead by Daylight streamer. Like, I'll follow games. And there's a lot of people like me that just want to watch a certain game. Because I don't have yep. friends that play Dead by Daylight. So I'm going to watch someone that's really good play Dead by Daylight. And that's that's the way that works. And then um, uh, there's people that variety stream. And those are people that play whatever they want. And people tune into them because they like those people. Now, those people aren't going to be your top people. They're not going to be your Dr. Disrespect or your ninjas. Ninja streams one type of game that's popular. That's Fortnite. Uh, right. Dr. Disrespect is a trend-chasing streamer, and that is probably your your second biggest. Like your Yeah, biggest I think is... he, he's really into Blackout mode on Black Ops 4 the last time I checked. I, yeah, and he goes to the it. most popular games, and then he moves on. Whereas Ninja's been playing Fortnite since Fortnite came out, and, you know, it's that's the most popular game. And so he kind of gets that benefit and it should be, you know, most popular streamer for popular games, most popular um, variety streamer and most popular trending streamer or trending streamer. Yeah. Cause it, it's almost like, okay, games, games have progressed like a little bit in that people see them like they do other media and things like that. Yes. But we still have dumb categories. Yes. Like, um, if, if ESPN were to do awards uh, and it was going to be like, uh, they wouldn't just say best person, best person on ESPN you like to watch. It would be like, what? They would probably have a category for anchors, uh, reporters. Uh, you, you know, they would have like different yeah. categories and stuff like that. It wouldn't be like, who's your favorite person to look at on ESPN? What? Be like that, That's such a weird question. Like, it's like, what if there's a certain person you like to watch because of their show or there's a certain person because of their panelists? They get? I mean, I don't know. So with the, with content, I would say, yeah, they should have been, you know, best variety streamer, uh, best, you know, uh, what you call it, like single game streamer. And then just like, 
I don't know, most popular or like uh, rookie of the year. Like, like just pick five people who have only had a channel for a year that are, you know, I mean, you know, something. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I really think if they want to go into streaming, they need to go into the streamers and not just have that award just so you can get Ninja on your stage. And that award wasn't even a pre-show thing. That was on your fucking award show. Like, there were game awards for actual games that were given on your pre-show. But you fucking Jeff Knightley gave me fucking Ninja on the fucking show. And it pisses me off, which is why I'm saying that for it a lot. I'm going to mark it so that people know. <laughs> but he had yeah. a really good idea with best debut indie game. Oh my god, yes. And, and you know what? I, I personally did not have a problem with Ninja for a long time. When people would call him cringy and all circus, it'd be like, hey, it's whatever. It's his content, his personality, something like that. Until uh, it was a couple weeks back, actually, with that whole incident where he accused that guy of stream sniping and you know threatening to get his account banned and all that kind of stuff. That was the most childish, prickish, yeah. stupid shit I've ever seen someone yeah. with that much influence do. Yep. Um, it was very annoying. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was like an adult. Uh, doing the whole, like, my dad works at Xbox and I'm going to get your account banned thing. I, I mean, and I was like, dude, really? Like, I, I'm sorry. Uh, like, people like people can rage. People can get mad. People can threaten each other. That's fine. When you have a certain level of influence and privilege and power, you have to kind of keep that in check. That's why it's, uh, if if your dad tweeted out, I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke, it's different than when the President of the United States tweets it. Yes. You know, sorry. So you have to keep in mind that his audience is full of impressionable young people, and they're thinking that that's acceptable. And people who say, no, they're not, are stupid because your brain doesn't solidify until you're 18 years of age. That's why they won't even let you in the military. It's because if you get a hole in your head, your brain just leaks out. It's not even solid yet. You don't have real ideas. You don't have real opinions yet. And uh, if you guys didn't know, we're a very positive podcast. Um... At least we try to be. So I'm going to point out again, Best Debut Indie Game is the coolest award I've ever seen given for anything gaming. Because these are people that have gone on the limb to make their own game, and this is their first chance out, and it puts them in their own category so they don't have to compete with the guys that have been around for damn ever that have tons of practice at doing this. Because getting a game out there is hard, and getting it known is hard, and then you have to worry about, did I make it well? Like It's just a lot of problems. And Best Debut Indie Game, going to the Messenger, I loved everything about that. Now, I personally think there should be more game awards, so I don't care if they get rid of Content Career of the Year. Like, what's going to happen next year? Content Career of the Year is going to be fucking Ninja. Can I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Uh, do you think that the Epic Game Store and the Discord Store being a thing now will encourage more indie game development, or we will see more indie games being made that wouldn't have been made otherwise? Do you think this could possibly change indie games as a format? I don't think it'll affect indie games as much because indie gaming, though indie games are going to put it on all platforms. It'd be crazy uh, for most indie game studios to release anything exclusively to either store. But I think it's good. You're going to have that better option. Like, well, I'm just saying if you released it to discord and Epic, why would you release it to steam too? Why would you take the because, money loss? Because take the money loss for the amount of users that they'll never compete. Discord and, and Epic and, and Epic will never have the amount of users Steam has. So I would argue, though, that Steam has too many users and too many games. 
uh, and that your game can actually get lost in the sea of so many. That's true, but the problem is that if Discord and Epic Games, uh, if they're, um, I mean, if their uh, store does well, then they're going to become mm-hmm. the same problem. It'll be the same problem seen as. So? Yes. Yeah, I know. So, so what if the, the... games were able to buy ads within other Epic Games? For instance, what if you're playing Fortnite and you just see just a small pop up on the bottom? Hey, you should also try such and such game. It's really cool. That's all it said. That's a slippery Street Fighter slope. And, uh, hey, you know, I'm just saying we have a precedent for that, don't we? We uh, we do to an extent, but I don't think that that'd be beneficial and uh, to buy an ad and something like that. Well, how how do you no think Epic's going to recoup? How do you think Epic's going to recoup their money? Because I, you know, great. I'm sure they're great people running that company and all that. However, I don't think they did less of a cut on their side out of simple benevolence and uh, goodwill. No, um, here's why. There's, there's, there's something. They, they did that because they want to stop or at least fight the uh, the gro- ever-growing number of individual launchers. And these individual launchers are not having their games go to Steam. Like, where right. do you go to play Overwatch? Do you go to Steam? No, no I go to the Blizzard launcher. Yeah, the Blizzard launcher, Fallout seventy six, the Bethesda launcher. They they want to give an and incentive. and you know what's you know what's funny about that that you mentioned that, um, okay, so since Call of Duty Black Ops four came out, yes, uh, back in October, it was also on Blizzard. Um, I don't launch Steam when I play Fallout four. Uh, I launch it through Fallout four script extender, um, through mod organizer. So the last time I actually launched a game through Steam was, I believe, in August. I think I played Counter-Strike back then. So since then, I have launched games through Mod Organizer, off my own computer, Blizzard, or the Bethesda Launcher. And you know what? I haven't missed it, because I don't like their new updates to chat and all that other kind of stuff. Well, I think, but but most people do, and a lot of people. I play almost all my games through through Steam. I don't. uh, The only things Mm -hmm. I don't play through Steam is Fallout seventy six and a little bit of Overwatch in October. But all the games I like are are on Steam. I accidentally got tricked into having a couple games like Assassin's Creed and and Tom Clancy on the UPlay. But I would rather have them on Steam. I'd like to see. in one a game, a game on Uplay is like a finger in your butthole. You don't want it all the time, but every now and then, it's it's a nice surprise, and it you know feels good. But there's but there's no bit like launching something through Battle.net doesn't seem any better than launching something through Steam, and I don't... It, it doesn't seem any worse either though. See, I I like Steam. However, I one of the things I like about PC gaming is that we don't have to always go through just one service. I like Steam having other competition because they have to. I feel like it keeps them in check. Yeah, I feel yeah. like if they have a monopoly uh, on things, that that's not good. Just like to me, it, it's not necessarily bad on the consoles. I'm not saying consoles are bad, but only being able to go through Sony and only being able to go through uh, Microsoft and and things like and Nintendo or what have you. Um. I don't feel that it breeds good competition. And I'm, I really like all these launchers and I want steam to fire back with something really cool. I want them to come back with a 
a deal for studios where your first game they only take you know you get you get a 95% cut of your game or something you know something crazy like just really really go for it you know i want to see something like that well i love i love that kind of stuff you're you're an outlier and no one's really going to care how much studios get except for the studios themselves and the reason why these people are taking this this uh 90% to 10% uh, ratio instead of the 70-30 is because they're hoping that these games like Call of Duty, like um, Fallout 76, will eventually say, yeah, you can launch us now from blah, blah, blah. You can buy us now on the Discord store or the Epic Games store. They're just hoping some of these big guys that have left Steam will come back to them because 10% of big-time games is a good portion of money. Um, oh, yeah, of course it is. But back to... it is more convenient to have you know fewer launchers and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, but totally. At the same time, I don't time, like I'm... using Discord all the time. I like using Steam and seeing what my friends are playing without actually having to talk to them. Unfortunately, Steam's newer update tries to mimic Discord, and that kind of dissuaded a lot of people. Yeah, but... and see, I, I actually like Discord. I I was a Discord doubter for a long time, and then once I started using it, I said, "Ah, this is nice." Yeah, I just usually none of my friends really play the games I play. There's like one or two that overlap with... <laughs> Most of my play. games are single player, except for the ones I've been playing later this year, so I yeah. guess that was the same for me. Yeah. But I don't, I, don't need, uh, I don't need Steam to let me know that my, my father's playing Skyrim. I, I know. I know you, he's playing you, Skyrim. You already know. But back to the topic we're supposed to be discussing, the Game Awards. Uh, let me just list to you, before we get out of this, the eSports Awards. Here's how many awards were given out that could have been given to actual video games and not wannabe athletes. Best esports game, best esports player, best esports team, best esports coach, best esports event, best esports host, and best esports moment. Seven goddamn esports awards. It's like if uh, esports. I don't. Were... I don't watch. I don't watch esports, but I. I don't mind them existing. But seven awards. That's Why not? seven. Let me tell you how they broke down the, the, the games by genre. Alright? Because I don't think they gave us seven genre games. They gave us best VR, AR game. Best action game. Best action adventure game. Best RPG, won by a non-RPG game. Best fighting game. Best family game. Best strategy game. Sports and multiplayer. So they gave us about nine game awards. And they gave us seven on eSports. Including best player... A furry that no one knew about until he got in the news. Best esports game went to Overwatch, which, sure, but why was Fortnite even on that list? Because Fortnite has blatantly came out and said they don't really want to be an esport. Um, <laughs> well, actually, they, they were in the news the other day because their Infinity Blade actually made it into their million dollar tournament. Yeah. Oh so they, God, they didn't yeah. turn the item off. They had a totally OP piece of gear in it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> an esports coach. And an esports team award, and then not a goddamn horror game award. You fucking kidding me? Like it's awful. And then you have, ah, um, uh, uh, esports host. Who gives a fuck? Who gets a flying fuck? Best esports moment. Moment. Like the, there's. I'll tell you which moment it was. They were either A, holding a troll or pressing a button, or B, had their hands on a table, clicking and clacking. Those are the only two fucking moments you've got. Like, I don't fucking get it. This is, uh, th this Game Awards category has aged him 35 years. 
in a single I... moment, and it's incredible. It, it's like he drank the wrong cup at the, in the Last Crusade. I like hate he the chose poorly. Awards. The Game Awards were awful. They're just as bad as what CBS is going to come out with. But at least CBS knows what they are. They're casual as fuck, and they're going to give you all the games that uh, you've heard about. So you know that's what that is. Um, with the Game Awards, was pretty much that. But they acted like they were something more important than just his, the damn his, trailers they dropped. His opinion's not my opinion. I actually think esports are fine. Um, esports I do are wish fine. They, I do but wish they would drop Game the Awards show. I do wish they would drop the moniker of sports and find something else uh, because I don't think games are sports and I don't think that we should have to constantly compare ourselves and have that little brother syndrome yeah, of trying to. to be a sport just because I also don't like it when people call music art because art is art and music is music and that bothers me too but anyway when people are like oh well this album it's it's art it's like no it's music it's just good music you 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 need to just learn that music is can be good technically everything is art uh i mean technically nothing's art then too but exactly um but the only reason that the game awards really have any popularity is because they have their trailers that they debut this is a their dumbass award selections and dumbass seven categories for dumbass esports they should just call it e4 like i don't understand okay Uh, besides that they did have some cool um announcements some cool announcements. Some were just like re-releases, whatever, or DLCs. Actually, I think all of them were. Um, we had the Stanley Parable Deluxe Edition. They got announced. Far Cry New Dawn, because they're trying to cash in on... Not cash in, this has been in development, but it really feels like they're trying to capture the people that are pissed off at Fallout 76. Not gonna lie, I'm gonna play Far Cry New Dawn, because that antagonist from Far Cry 5 is amazing, and I want to see more of his story. I'm so glad I didn't waste money on their season pass, though. That shit was bullshit. Um, they also announced <laughs> that Journey was going to be coming to PC after being a PS3 exclusive. It's going to be exclusive to the Epic Store. Um, Anthem got oh. the trailer. Uh, Dragon Age 4 got a. Do, do you think anybody has faith in Anthem? No. How could they? But they'll get tricked into buying it. But, oh, it looks like a good game. I love he- Mass Effect. But see, Titanfall and Titanfall Two exist in the same. Yeah, you, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, they're and totally. I, I've, heard nothing, on... I've heard nothing but praise. It's like people are like, "Yeah, forget, forget who makes it, forget the launcher that you have to go through <laughs> to get to the game uh, and just play the game." Origin. Um, yeah, um, Anthem. Uh, it's gonna be the Mass Effect cucks. They're like, "Oh, Andromeda was still a good game. I really enjoyed it. It was really great." It was a... Best three hundred hours of my life. The, the uh, anthem's probably for them. How do you, man? How do you really feel? Where did the? I thought we had a salt, like a salt breaker at first, or an icebreaker. Jesus. Yes. Yes, uh, I know. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm really salty. The game awards put me in a bad mood. I'm. I'm sorry. The game awards are bad. This is the only bad segment. I'm sorry. Just, just anthem, remember, guys. We love gaming. Therefore, we hate pre-orders. We hate trailers. We hate game awards. We don't like launchers. Just we pretty love much gaming, we, so we hate it. This this damn segment, games keep this, ruin, ruining games. This segment is gonna fall into our next segment very, very well. But no, Anthem's gonna be great if you love the Mass Effect trilogy. I'm sure you'll love this because you have no standards. Uh, Dragon Age Four got announced. That's really cool, I guess, because it had that animation trailer. But Dragon Age, um, 
Uh, was it Origins the last one? Uh, no, it wasn't Dragon Age Origins like the which one was that? Maybe it wasn't. No, Inqu- Inquisition. 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 Was the last yeah, one. it's ah, oh, so good. That's so good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, game of the year when it came out. Dragon Age Four getting announced should be much bigger deal than it is. People are not hyped enough for this. Well, um, don't you dare it, say well. It's uh, you know, like they didn't do show you anything think yet. They've they just announced learned it. to do faces yet. I don't need faces, just like in my Fire Emblem. I don't need feet. God damn it! Let's move on. Oh, uh, it's like a '90s comic book artist. It is. They uh, know how to draw rippling muscles and shoulder pads, but not feet. Some uh, some some answers were solved. Why the PS1 Classic sucks so much? Uh, they left off one of their games that wouldn't have really mattered in the long long run. Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled. Crash Team Racing. That's right. The third best kart racer from the generation uh, is getting revamped. And why is it third? Because it's second to Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing. Um, wow. So how do you, uh, how do you really feel? It's still an excellent game. It's just unfortunate that in its time it had to be third. Sorry. Diddy Kong Racing. Well, it's like, it? Okay. I sell cell phones down at the cell store, and the cells I sell are on cell phone sales. But gotcha. uh, people always ask me, like, is the iPhone XR a bad phone? And I said, no, it's not a bad phone. It's just... It's seven hundred and fifty dollars for the third best iPhone you can buy that came out this year. Yes, exactly. That's Crash Team and, Racing. Yeah, and when you put it in perspective, like if it existed in a vacuum, yeah, it's, it's a good phone. Um, but when you you're paying seven hundred and fifty dollars for the third best phone with an Apple logo from this year, um, true. You know, eh. guess what else got announced? That's right, from Obsidian Games, Outer Worlds. It's like Fallout New Vegas mixed with Borderlands mixed with, oh no, they're dealing with a brand new IP. How will Obsidian work without relying on the Fallout name or wait, South Park? Wait, that was, I thought that was Borderlands 3. Nope, totally. It's just, not? Nope. Cause, uh, Are you sure? Did they confirm anywhere that it's not? Gearbox, uh, they aren't releasing Borderlands 3. Instead, they released Borderlands VR. That's what they did. Um, also, uh, is that like... So VR, that I I don't I don't remember what R is in Roman numerals, but that's Borderlands five, five, five. What what is R in Roman numerals? Five remedial. Anyway, remedial. Okay. Because <laughs> certainly, certainly, you're not talking about virtual reality. That trend that no one really cares about. That's worse than esports. Um. Yeah, see, I don't really hate VR that much, but I do realize it's a fail. Oh, oh, we gonna we gonna fight on this one. My VR for me is esports for you. I fucking hate it. I, I don't, don't want esports for the game game awards. I just why don't you listen to me when I yell? I hate VR esports at the game awful. awards. I don't hate esports. I, I hate VR it. at the they game awards. Seven, well, they only had one category. V, uh, yeah, they didn't deserve that. That's one too many. Oh, they man. like why fun. no. Uh, then also from the makers of the journey or no, no, no. From the makers of Abzu, they came, they had a new game announced called the pathless. So that'll be fine. If you liked Abzu, Abzu was fine. Uh, the biggest announcement for me though, was Mortal Kombat 11. It was an inevitable announcement. We would have known, of course, there's going to be another Mortal Kombat game, but damn, if everything about that trailer wasn't awesome, except for the music, um, that was a really cool trailer. Uh, the Raiden versus Scorpion. I, I, I didn't actually watch the trailer. What's, what was bad about the music? Uh, it was like this two-bit um, rap stuff that 
you would have heard on like a really independent movie shot in like Villarica, Georgia, but not. Oh, is it like Atlanta, Adult Georgia? Swim music? It's like, like from back in the day. Yeah, classic yeah, yeah. Adult Swim music. Classic Adult Swim music. Yep. Yeah. Um, Psychonauts two. Game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Psychonauts mm. two got a, a, a announced um, for in VR. I assume. Uh, oh my god! Stop. Uh, Rage two got a date for May, so that was cool. in VR. Yeah. God dang it! And uh, of course, you know we have um, a new Smash DLC that was announced, the first in the Five Patter Fighter Pack. Um, that is... oh, are they finally releasing Geno? Nope. What about uh, uh, you know Shadow? Nope. Uh, Geralt from the Witcher series. Why would they want Geralt? Uh, he's in every other game. He's in Soul Calibur and Monster Hunter now, so why not? Oh, man. No, it's Joker from Persona 5. Um, personally, I will be totally happy if I don't see another goddamn person with a sword announced for Smash Brothers. Um, if they're not part of Fire Emblem, they have no right to you have a sword. Your first, folks. Spencer's review of Smash Brothers is, I will be totally happy if they don't announce another character with a goddamn sword. Yes, please. I want that in quotes with a picture of the. I I want that on a poster to frame it right above my game. Yes. I I have one exception for that one, and that is if they announce Dovahkiin from Skyrim, and his uh, that that's the only time I'll allow one more goddamn sword in that goddamn game. What if they uh, what if they announce the Vault Boy from Fallout? That'd be fun too, right? Fuck, I hate hearing that phrase. God damn it! Why why not? Wouldn't that be fun? Imagine uh, like his like final smash. He gets a fat man and just nukes the whole like screen. No, with Bethesda's Fallout seventy six, his final smash would be a glitch and he'd be disconnected from the server. Actually, that'd be very effective. he, <laughs> it's like, man, you, like it would be. It would become a mini game. Like if Vault Boy touches the, the Smash Ball, then everybody else gets disconnected from the game and he wins by default. So it becomes this like meta thing. If anybody picks him, everyone's instantly like, oh, God. You know, they don't want him to, like, you got to keep him away from it. Yes. That'd be great, actually. Okay, and with that out of the way, <laughs> those are the announcements, those are the awards and the game awards. We'll move, on to our, we'll move on to our next segment, which is discussing, and I swear I'll put a 10-minute timer on this one, discussing the year of hilarity. So this year has had a lot of big time releases from Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Fox 86 to Red Dead Redemption 2. You had a lot of new releases that really changed their series. If I want to go back to Monster Hunter World, um, but man, folks, people folks, do not we're like talking change. About, we're talking about bitching. Talking bitching. About, that, about some bitching. Basically, 2018 gaming can be summed up into one word, bitching. If you play Black Ops 4 and you're on the Black Ops 4 subreddit, you are bitching about Black Ops 4. If you play Fallout 76, A, don't go near the Fallout subreddit because yeah. they, that game is living rent-free in their fucking heads and they talk about <laughs> the people who actually play it and the Fallout 76 subreddit has become bitching. Uh, that's why you should join Fallout 76 Filthy Casuals. It's actually just it's a lot of fun. It's whatever. If you just want a place to talk about things in the game, like, hey, I found 90 Springs. Isn't that cool? Uh, because 
if you say that in the Fallout 76 or Reddit, people will be like, yeah, well, I found your wife and I fucking murdered her because you like the game, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And you're like, Todd Howard, is that you? Uh, oh, God, not so... Oklahoma again. <laughs> Just, man. Uh, if you liked uh, Smash Brothers until they fixed the online, there were people boycotting it, talking about, like, I'm tired of this Japanese trash. Two bombs wasn't enough. We should have finished the job. This game should have never been made. Dude, uh, shit, Nintendo yeah. should go back to being a, a bicycle repair shop. Fuck them. Uh, I mean, in Red Dead Redemption 2, it, when the multiplayer people came, like, came out, people were talking about, it's 96 fucking hours to put a black paint on a pistol. This is stupid. It was bad. It's, it's basically the year of salt where if you like the game, you did talk about the game. Every game is Fight Club. Rule number yeah. one. Don't like any games. That's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. Earlier this year when I played Monster Hunter World for the first time and I saw how much detail and how much change and how much evolution went into the engine, the animations, the damn monsters, the hub world, everything. I was like, wow, they put a lot into this. The maps are great. Everything about this is really cool. This is a real step forward. I didn't even realize something that people were complaining about online until I went online. And online's a dangerous place. I went online and they were like, we're used to Monster Hunter having 197 character, uh, monsters, and now there's only 36. How could they do this? And I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was only 36 because these worlds are so great. They're so luscious. There's so much to do. And the the animals are monsters, if you want to call them that. I don't agree with killing them. Um, which is why my armor is so shitty. But uh, I just noticed all the stuff they did right. I didn't realize there was this deep-seated hatred online for how much they changed. And I was like, shit, guys, it's about to switch and buy Generations when it comes out this summer. You don't have to play Monster Hunter World, and you definitely don't have to hate it or even let it occupy a yeah. part of your brain. Who, and then, who the fuck is coming into these people's houses and holding a gun to their head and making them buy these goddamn games? And as I Like, went, I, I, inquiring minds want to know. Like, it, what the hell? And throughout the year, I kept seeing stuff like, oh my god, why are these people so pissed games off? don't I, like games. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, as much as I was bitching about esports taking up spots in the Game Awards, I don't think I've had very much to bitch about with games. I have my own disappointments with Red Dead Redemption 2, but I yeah. realize those are all yeah. my own fault. You know what? I like The only exception is people like... So people who play Battlefield Five like Battlefield Five, they just yeah. don't like women and minorities, but they like the game. That's true. That the, people talk about accuracy, I, historical like, accuracy. I, I, I like, no joke. I no joke. Saw the best comment I've ever seen. This guy on YouTube was bragging that he plays as a medic and he refuses to revive anyone who plays as a woman in the game. Uh, and it's not because he hates women and he's a misogynist. It's because historical accuracy matters. But his but but that woman's gonna re, just reappear and fight again. Well, the top comment to that was, "Well, nobody revives anyway. So if you just revive half of all the people who play, you're actually doing pretty good for a medic." It's true, true. It's so hard to revive people, apparently. But um, you look at that. You look at uh, with Fallout seventy six. Most the people the people who bought the game are generally reviewing it very well. It's the people that have just review bombed it that have destroyed it. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is polarizing because I think a lot of people were just thinking, wow, imagine Grand Theft Auto 5 but with horses and slower shooting guns. And it's like, wait a wait a minute, that's not what this is. 
Do you think that's what this is supposed to be? It's important to me that I know if this is what you thought this would be. It's a cowboy game. My only problem with with it is that how long it takes you to go everywhere, the lack of release on PC where I could have just already had some better developers fix the problems that were there in the get-go. Yeah, when I can play as Iron Man in it, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, and and th- there was there's just some problems. The main story is great. <laughs> the whole map itself is not very fleshed out, and I've, it actually feels kind of lazy, but I'm not going to go and trash anyone who's talking about the game. I hear talking people talking about how much they like the game all over work for like the first month. I didn't walk up to them and say, yeah, but this game was really empty and it sucked. Now, if they came to me and they were like, did you play Red Dead Redemption 2? I would give them a short answer. Yep. And if they asked me, what did you think about it? That's their own fault. They opened the floodgates. These people online, no one's asking for your fucking opinions. You just want to interject yourself into the conversation because no one else is talking to you. Yeah, like, personally, I, I don't, I didn't play Red Dead because I only play on PC. But the thing is, I mean, I would never tell anybody that they're wrong because they like the game. That's like, okay, cool. I If it ever comes to PC, I'll give it a try. Um... Now I did have to disagree. Home PC. <laughs> I did have to disagree with one coworker who said, "Well, if it comes to PC, it won't look near as good as it does on the Xbox One X." What? Because uh, I said, eh, "It depends on the PC," um, and he said, "Nah, it's just it's the most optimized and the best." And I it said, doesn't. Oh, okay. No, it doesn't. On Xbox One X, it still doesn't look that great. It's not a great looking game by today's standards. It's a good looking game, and there's a lot of damn detail in that game. And well, see, art direction is is just as important, though. I mean, you it, know. Well, they're going for realistic, but they can't quite reach it because they're limited by the hardware they're stuck on. And you can tell it. You can see it in the way that everything is made. You can tell it's held back because it's a console exclusive. And that's that's kind of a problem with it because I personally thought the world and the graphics on a realistic setting were better in God of War than Red Dead Redemption. Um, uh, is there as many things going on in God of War, though, as Red Dead? Like in all honesty, and and that 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 is that is a somewhat of a difference. But they chose to go with a certain art style, and they knew they were going to only release on consoles. They probably should have been ready for that. Like that's something that people shit on a lot of games all the time. It's, it looks like a cartoon until Fortnite. Apparently, it didn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter now. But it, it, people shit on something for a certain art style, and art styles usually are there to compensate for a certain limit. Or it's just a game that's right. always been art, 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 uh, stylized. Like Legend of Zelda has always been stylized one way or another. But you look, yeah. At I mean, even even a game like uh, Skyrim or Fallout and stuff like that, I I wouldn't say they necessarily go for a realistic look. They have a like a a certain cinematic look to them that they go for, you know, uh, with the hues and, and things like that. And sometimes that's just as important. Let me um, say this: Grand Theft Auto Five on PC, on my PC at least, looks a bunch a lot better than Red Dead Redemption Two on Xbox One X. Okay. So it looks well, like they they use a lot of the same assets, maybe, but they are scaled down because they're not. Well, 
I've not played it, so I didn't honestly know much about the graphics. I just know some dude was showing me the horse's balls or something like that. It's a big deal for him. And I was yeah. like, oh, cool. What's the draw? I love horse balls. Um, but anyway, uh, just the, the polarity. He even hit Pokemon when they were like, oh, like Nintendo blatantly announced before Pokemon Let's Go came out that the next real mainline Pokemon game is next year. And people still bitch like, oh, I wanted this to be the real Pokemon. The one that comes out next year that they already told you comes out next year. Yeah, it's like this is the perfect hybrid of Pokemon and Pokemon Go. Like it is the perfect hybrid. I couldn't think of anything better than what it's. It's Pokemon Stay because you can play it at home. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, It's just it's crazy the 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 things people find to bitch about. Most of this bitching, just so everyone knows, reviews don't matter. People's opinions don't matter. You're not fucking friends with these reviewers at IGN and GameSpot. In fact, the problem is most of them may be friends with some people at the studios. Yeah. You're now, not fr- here's the you- thing that sucks about reviews too, especially negative reviews. So negative reviews don't actually hurt the studios as much as positive reviews help them. Yeah. Um, positive reviews in games seem to help a lot more than negative reviews hurt. Yes. Uh, for uh, good, like, look at that. Go look at Steam and find any popular game with a really bad uh, negative ratio. Guarantee you, still a popular game. It's still selling. Um, yeah. Because the thing... They play something for their own opinion anyway. So, what sucks is all the people who are under those people that have to suffer through like very bad working conditions and stuff like that. They get treated like shit. They have to work long hours and stuff. And I get it. It's their job. You know, people have bad jobs and all this kind of stuff. However, it still sucks to do all this work. Um, and then a decision that the corporate entity that is the head of your, uh, game studio or the company or can make a decision and then everybody's lampooning you and treating the work that you did over the course of years like ass. That, yeah. that sucks. And I'm not saying you shouldn't review things critically, but there's no reason to just... Like, if I don't play a game, I, I don't, I don't like, blast it and stuff. Like, I played Black Ops 4, and I no longer do. Um, I, don't think, I, I don't think it was a great game. But I think it was a good game. Uh, I can't... I don't give. I try not to give games a review on a numerical scale. I try to give them. I assign them a value, a dollar value of what I would have paid for the game, for how much fun I got out of it. And I will say it's a fifty dollar game. It's it's not a hundred dollar or a hundred and twenty nine dollar deluxe edition bundle value game. It's a fifty dollar game. That's the best Um, way to do it. Not numerical value, but a monetary value. Yeah, well, like, what, after playing the game, what would you have paid for it? Um, that's important. Whereas there's another game, like, uh, a game like Firewatch, for instance. It's a much shorter game, not going to get as much time with. I would say that game is also a $50 game. Now, I didn't pay near that for it, and it would have been short, but I will say that I liked it enough that I would have been like, yeah, okay, it's worth that. So I think, I think numerical value is, is, a, is a better indication. Um, of anything than just like, you know, yeah, 7 out of 10, this and that. Because like, I, I think the game's fine. I think you can get multiple, multiple, multiple hours out of the game. Um, I just, I 
I might visit it in a couple months uh, to see all the DLC, you know, things like that. But it's it's not a game that I would just uh, like strictly play in no life, uh, you so, know. Yeah. So segment and review. Reviewers aren't your friends. They might be friends with developers. Their opinions shouldn't matter. Numerical values don't matter anymore. The haters don't matter. The people that try to sell you a game don't matter. Just listen to the people that are having fun with it. And maybe if you just listen to more positivity, you'll have you'll be positive too. That's just the way it will work. Yeah, and fuck capitalism. Do crimes. And now our final segment, before we hit the negative zone and the outros, even though this whole podcast has kind of felt like a negative zone, um, our final segment is our top five gaming experiences of the year, either new release or backlog. This is not something where we have to keep up with the trends and play all the new games. Sometimes we find more interest in playing games we haven't played from the past and playing them this year, and that's just the way it works. So, Lee, do you have five or already have your five favorite gaming experiences of the year that you want yeah. to talk about? Um, <clears throat> one of them is uh, there was a game of Overwatch that I was playing with my friend, and um, it was not going our way. <laughs> uh, we had a team that insta-locked four DPS players, uh, and so I had to pick healer, he had to pick tank. It just it was It was a bad game. Uh, and somehow we we won it. And one of my favorite moments, which is so stupid, I hear their the enemy team Junkrat uh, launch the Rip Tire, uh, which is if for those who don't play, it's a it's a tire that you can control almost like an RC car or something, and then you detonate it near players and it, it blows everything. And I was playing as a character called Moira, who is basically like uh, Irish vampire Naruto who looks like David Bowie. Uh, it's the best way I can describe it. Uh, she does a little Naruto run and shadow step and all that kind of stuff. And I saw the Riptire coming right for me. And I dodged around a corner, stepped through a doorway, and then pressed myself up against the inside of the doorway, almost like a cartoon. And went up the stairs because the guy assumed that I went up the stairs and I slipped out. And I had two teammates spectating me because they were dead. And they both just started laughing in the chat. Uh, and like it was one of my like my favorite moments because it was hilarious. And then I actually managed to kill that guy. That guy. Wow. Um, but I just remember the panic and sheer terror that I had at that. And we somehow managed to win. Um, and that was, that was Overwatch. It was just like, oh, my God. Um, another, uh, another one was I was replaying Nier. Uh, and I, I love it, and I think I like it even... It's one of the few games I can say I like it even more now that I know everything that happened. Because you catch a lot more things that, that happen and stuff like that, and I just... Um, just replaying the intro again was, like, one of my favorite memories of, like, just going back to it, because I, I love that game. Um, yeah. That was your game of the year last year. It absolutely was, and I, I still... It's a, it's a great game. Uh, and the last three would all be from Fallout 76. Okay, um, let's go. Let's go. The, the first time I ran into a Deathclaw in Fallout 76 was actually t- uh, in this cave that we were in. And I was thinking that we were in an area that was way too high level for us. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be really bad. And I saw it in the distance and I put my crosshairs on it and I saw its level. 
and I said, that's my bitch. <laughs> I just fucking shot it before the rest of us were ready. But I just knew. I was like, I know we can kill this thing. And, and killing it was a lot of fun. That wasn't the best moment, though. It was after killing this Deathclaw and sitting there and teabagging its corpse, I realized that it said danger on my sneak meter because there was another Deathclaw right behind it that I didn't see. I and we all, scram- we all had to scramble to kill it. <laughs> so that that moment of like triumph and teabagging almost turned into just uh just ruin and disaster um another one was the first time i ever got to put the last fucking piece on a suit of power armor so i wasn't walking around looking like my name was like traveling patch man and i was a transient hobo walking down the street with a fucking like bandana around a stick because i didn't even have enough parts for my armor uh, and like finally feeling like a you know a badass, uh, and my third favorite was when we were all going after uh, the ultimate boss last night, which was Bethesda, and we we almost beat Bethesda, and then it said server disconnected. Oh my god! Oh no, oh my god! But seriously, the the amount of rage that I felt when we were all going after the nuke and stuff like that, I was super mad. But it's still one of my favorite moments, simply because we we worked hard, we did all this like to get there and stuff, and we're gonna have to do it again. But um, it's the fact that I want to do it again. For for context, for those of you that obviously weren't in our game uh, last night, we uh, we decided to launch a nuke. We got uh, this was after the night before we decided to launch a nuke. We went to a nuke site that there was someone already else there. We were like, "Oh, he's level thirty-five. He can't." And they solo launched a nuke solo launched as nuke. we like, got into silos. Son of a bitch. Hell? And uh, so you know, we went to the nuke zone and we farmed for XP. And so then the, the next night, last night, we decided, "All right, well, we're gonna go launch a nuke." And we we got there and we got there. And I've been using a, a Wi-Fi adapter on my desktop, which is awful because I haven't gotten a power line adapter yet. Um, and I've moved my computer away from my router. Great. So I have more of a, an office setting for either streaming or podcasting. Um, now, the, the, the I disconnect a few times each game. Now, all of a sudden, we were about to launch a nuke. We were literally two minutes, maybe, from launching a nuke. And it said disconnected. And I was like, oh, crap, guys. I logged out. I disconnected. And everyone else said the same thing. And I was like, oh, it's not just me. It's not yeah, just it was me. this this overwhelming feeling of of let down and rage and and it was like ah and it, that that ultimate you know you know fuck you Bethesda yeah, I should have spoke up when Todd Howard killed that girl in 1992 in Muskogee Oklahoma at that Holiday Inn but I didn't I didn't because I liked your damn game and you've let me down like this and so, then it was like logging back in though it was like okay well I, I guess we'll have to do that again. And I just—I don't even pro, care. Yeah. Pro tip: Pro tip: Don't launch a nuke when there's already a nuke zone on the map existing, because that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to. There was already a nuke zone on White Spring. We were trying to nuke a fissure site to get a Scorch Beast Queen, uh, and yeah. uh, that—that would have been my but, first Scorch Beast Queen fight, and it would have been my first not loot uh, nuke launched. And uh, neither of those things happened. So that's. The I, I will say I will say this on Fallout seventy six. Anybody down on it and stuff? The game. The game is potential incarnate because it's already fun. I already have a great time oh, with it. Oh, it's already fun. Because yeah, every, every Fallout game is a buggy miss. Fallout New yeah. Vegas was the buggiest piece of shit when it first came out. 
I oh, remember yeah. distinctly telling Spencer, I'm not going to play this. I want a refund. This is fucking stupid because I had the bug where you fell through the strip and you couldn't beat the story and it erased your save and like all kinds of stuff. I used to have to, I, I still have a habit in any Bethesda game of quick saving every 20.7 seconds just because I'm so afraid to lose progress and stuff now because of New Vegas when it first came out. So absolute buggy mess. However, there's so much potential and there's so much that can be done with it. Um, and I just like, gosh, I just like, uh, it's the first game I've had in a long time that like, I, I think about at work and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to go play that. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't had a game like that in a long time. I have games that I play when I'm home. Uh, and then I have uh, games like that one that I play in my head that I think, man, what, uh, what's, what's over there? Did I go there? Did I do this? What if I did this? Like, you know, so I just, yeah, man, man, good game. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Joshua and Dylan for their five favorite gaming experiences of the year, and then I'll be back. So today we have a few guests on our podcast. Uh, Dylan, who's new, Cody, who you may have heard on our old channel, and Josh, who you've heard on uh, our previous podcast on this and our old channel as well. Right now for our top five moments of the year, gaming moments, I have Dylan, who has maybe five moments? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Dylan, how many, uh, first off, how how many new release games did you get to play this year? And this is not all based off just new games, but how many new games did you get to play this year? I haven't been playing a lot of uh, new games this year. I wanted to play Red Dead, but of course I don't have a console. I just play PC. Yeah, I have so to watch my friends play that. But <laughs> yeah, we'll be waiting for the uh, PS5 version to come out and port it to PC. <laughs> so um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Fallout 76. Um, and a lot, a lot of uh, down moments, like you know the infamous. Getting disconnected from the server right before we launch a new. Yeah, like Lee just referenced. Yep. Uh, you <laughs> say to anybody, don't try to launch a nuke when someone's already launched a nuke on the server. Yeah, I'm if you take sure. anything away from this podcast, take that away. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we uh, disconnected everybody from that server, and our bad. Um, and surprisingly, I've not been for a long time. I've not been able to play with. Uh, my friends on video games. So, um, playing 76 with you guys was a breath of fresh air. Was that because a lot of your friends play on consoles? Yeah, all of them do. All of them play PS4. That's so gross. Just it play, is. But just playing. Um, <laughs> I played PS4 no, for a couple weeks this, this year, so yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun with Total War Warhammer. Um, Playing campaign, I mostly play it for campaign. I'm not super. Uh, uh, how do you say it? It it's a lot like playing, or it's, it's designed to play like you're in a real battle, like a actual general. Oh, okay. Not so yeah. much into that, but uh, I do like the campaign a lot. And um, the beginning of this year, I started playing Fallout Four again, and of course, like everyone else. I just yeah. mod the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. Can't play vanilla Fallout. 
That's a gross fallout. It is disgusting. Um, I started playing XCOM 2 again, and I got the War of the Chosen uh, expansion. I don't know what you call it, but it adds yeah, a lot to the game. What's that? I heard a lot of good stuff about that DLC, but I never played XCOM. I've only played, like, games similar to that, like Mario versus Rabbids, basically Baby's first XCOM, so that was my introduction. But I heard a lot of good things about the XCOM DLC that came out. And, of course, all the mods. I see all the mods on the Steam uh, mod yeah. section. I've really not played mods on it, but, uh, I mean, The War of the Chosen is $40, but it's... It's one of those that's sort of worth it. It adds a whole lot to the game. A whole lot. Wow. And, um... Fallout 76 has kind of been the highlight. Of course, I love Fallout. And then being able to play that with people. Yeah. Um, Now, basically saying Fallout 76 is the highlight of of your year um, is just going to instantly piss off all of Reddit. No, it's true. And, um, you know, I'm ready for that. Yeah. Um, any Anything uh, sticks out in your mind on Fallout? Uh, any missions that you like? Because this may just become a big Fallout 76 propaganda machine after what Lee said as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to what Josh will say too. But, um, yeah, there, I mean, there was the nuke thing, so I can't speak too highly of that, of course, but... Um, you know, I probably the most fun I've ever had in a Fallout game was the first time I went to a nuke zone. It was the one in White Spring. And, uh, I don't know, man. I just had so much fun doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, going into White Spring, which is like this golf resort place, which is where I built my base, which is where my bases kept getting destroyed. It's kind of like the end game to, uh, one of the... Well, one of the main missions of one of the biggest factions. And uh, so nuking that place is really meant to farm. It's meant to kill a lot of high-level enemies. And it's meant to uh, basically just level up. It's really just meant as an XP farm. It's just meant to level up. Yeah, I think Josh leveled up like eight times just from that. Yeah, the first time he was able to get into a nuke zone. Because for a week or two... He couldn't step in a nuked area without getting 60 rads a second. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's basically just horde. Well, it's not really horde mode, but... I don't know. You kill a lot of fucking ghouls. I do know that. I got one. Okay. I was I was trying to kill a Scorch Beast Queen on a... You guys were not playing at the time, of course, but... It just sort of... It was probably a quarter of the way down, and it just flew away into the heavens. We couldn't kill it. It flew out of the nuke zone, and like into the. It was the strangest thing into the sky. So basically, it flew back to God Howard. It did. It truly did. It joined God Howard in the heavens. And here is Joshua. Of course, he's late, as always. Thanks for joining, Josh. Oh, my bad. I had to get chips and dip really bad. What? Yeah. That's why you're late? 
No, I mean, I had other groceries delivered, but I, the main reason I got them delivered is because I wanted chips and dip. Wow. Okay. What? Do not eat any more of those. Okay, oh, I'll, let me... Alright, all right, here's the last one. Oh my god. Gosh, you're being really unprofessional right now. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. I'm not cutting this. <laughs> oh, oh, we're... Okay, I didn't know we were going. Oh yeah, we're, we're live. Alright, oh, I would not have come in with chips. Dang it, if that were the Riley. case. Okay. Alright. Um, Dylan just got done talking about his favorite moments of the year in gaming. Uh, he talked a little bit about XCOM, Warhammer, and of course Fallout 76. Lee, in his top five, uh, he had three of the five being Fallout 76 about his favorite moments. Josh, do you have five or you know, almost five favorite gaming moments of the year? And how so, many of them are Fallout 76? Okay, yep, that's what, that was my first thing I was going to say. Is um, Several of them are Fallout 76. Okay. Um, I will, and this is a cliche to say, okay. with a Fallout, be right. um, coming out of the vault and seeing the huge Appalachia um, was just like in every other Fallout except for New Vegas. Was that nice, overwhelming? I have so much to explore feeling that I haven't actually had in any other game but a Fallout game, and I am also excluding. New Vegas, because I did not have that at all. Because um, you were just in a town. Fine, it's fine. The setting, that's it, fine for itself. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I like New Vegas, even though I will never actually recommend it to any other Fallout. Uh, oh, oh, shoot, I was just about to get a new chip. Okay. Stop uh, it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's see, my second... Well, that's not my first, necessarily. You I'm, I'm just going to start with that. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. Well, my next one, I would have to say, is the first time that a nuke was dropped uh, on White Springs, and we all went into the nuke zone, and I was, like, level 15, and you guys were all, like, 50 and plus. Dylan, I think you were, what... 70 at that point in time? I don't really know. No, I don't know. I think I was 60. Okay. Uh, and I was genuinely afraid the entire time. And I, I enjoyed that, though. That was really good. Um, they, they wanted to create that atmosphere, I think, and they did it really well. Uh, I really just hid in the corner with my terrible submachine gun, just getting a few shots on so I can get that XP. Um, that's not game-breaking, but... Um, that, and, and I still do that each time we go into a nuke zone, even though I'm a little higher level now. You guys will always be in front, and I'll be behind shooting with my little pea shooter, uh, you know, reaping your guys' XP. Yeah, it's fine. We love you for it. What's that? I said we love you for it. Okay, that's why you guys also keep giving me food and water, because I'm always starving and thirsty. Yeah, I, I thought about that because in the nuke zone, you kept asking for food and water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, any other favorite moments of the year in gaming? Because I know we did, uh, we did a gaming contest, a game development contest. We also entered a game development um, a, uh, a pitch that we can't really talk about. So I guess that can't really be a favorite moment that we can talk about on the podcast. Did we sign NDA on that? We can't. We can't talk we about agreed, that pitch. We agreed 
Yeah, we agreed ah, with an NDA. Okay. I know that. Well, it was cool. It was really Everyone. cool. It had to deal with the so Universal you know. Studios and a huge property, and uh, yeah. we signed an NDA, so that's all we can say. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. We learned about it too late. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't have enough time to prepare. Yeah, I'm sure the people prepared better, and the panel of judges was not in our favor for the game we chose, because our game was... Uh, I wish yeah, I could say yeah. more. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, um, yeah, so any other moments in the year? Yeah, uh, let's see. It's December, so yeah, last month. Um, we entered into the uh, GitHub Game Off that happens every November. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if it actually happened last November. Um, and every year, which is every November... They give out a theme, which is a one-word theme, and people interpret it how they like. And they announce that at the beginning of the month, and you have the entirety of November to complete it and deploy it. Um, and we, the, the theme was hybrid. So what I envisioned immediately was that you played as a hybrid car who need to constantly keep itself electrified and fueled while destroying the entire town and killing as many people as possible. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah, that's just the natural reaction when you think hybrid cars. Sure. Save the planet, destroy everyone else. Um, How very green uh, of you. Yeah, definitely. Then I got to uh, get back into the Unity engine, which I hadn't touched in a long time. Uh, so that, to, to me, personally, that might not be relatable to everybody, but that was um, one of the most enriching uh, gaming experiences I've had this year. Especially since two years ago we did win the GitHub game off. I was pretty excited, but we, we did not did. get to... We didn't get to finish this year's submission because, well, 76 came out and took up all of our time. It did, 76. You can either play games or you can create games. Yep. It's it's hard to strike a balance with both. Yeah, with all the um, negative opinions around 76, I wanted to make sure to put as much time in as possible in case uh, the community died, which I don't believe the community has died yet. I've yet to see any kind of empty maps at all. It's definitely polarized, though. What do you mean by that? The 76 community. Uh, oh, yeah. Me. You either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so Josh, besides not completing a game, a game we can't talk about, and Fallout 76, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention? Uh, <laughs> this, this is not a setup. I'm just legitimately asking. I'm not pitching. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the other uh, game development, uh, well, not necessarily game development, it was more so software interactive development competition we were going to get in with Amazon. I was going to brief on this. This isn't necessarily what I'm going to you know, use, but I just want to talk about it. Um, that Amazon does for their AR uh, environment and the, the software kits that they have. Um, we were going to create uh, a game with the, that tool set, which was going to be a barista simulator, since I used to work at Starbucks, and I love being a barista, and I love coffee. And so I was getting all that ready, and then halfway through um, my planning stages, they actually came out with a tutorial to teach people how to use it to help them in the contest, and one of the demos was a barista challenge. So I just decided, F that, I don't care, whatever, Let's go on. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm spiteful. <laughs> it's completely fine. Um, 
Now, uh, there's going to be Barista Simulator 2018, 2019, 2020. What's that? I didn't hear you. What? It's going to be Barista Simulator 2018, 2019, and 2020. You know how that's they do it? Yeah, yeah. Is it set up like that? Um. Well, that's not what they're doing. They were doing it just to teach people how to use their platform. But, I'm thinking of like Farm Simulator. sell so much. I mainly just wanted to relive my days as a barista because that was super enjoyable. That was the whole reason I wanted to do it for real. But next, favorite gaming moment of the year. I I guess I will say this. I did not get too involved into the game, but the immersion of uh, of Red Dead, Red Dead 2, um, was uh, very impressive. And it really felt like I was in the environment that they created. Uh, it was a little empty. I don't know if you've talked about um, Red Dead or not, but... Um, that's another thing I would say. I think they did a really good job creating a realistic feeling Western world, uh, and in the right context, I think it could be appreciated properly. Yeah. You say it's the same as the original Red Dead, well, not Red Dead Revolver, but Red Dead Redemption. Um, I had more fun with Red Dead Redemption, probably because there wasn't anything like it at the time. Um. I wouldn't say this is too far away from it, but I think it was just already played out because of uh, Red Dead Redemption already. Well, it's hard to follow that game up, you know. Yeah. It's not like with, you know, a new Grand Theft Auto, you have a whole new city and everything, and cities are constantly full, they're constantly busy. It's not the same thing with Wilderness. Wilderness is going to feel the same regardless of what the scenery is. I think that, that was an, uh, an issue as to why it, it's not a good follow-up first one. I think they could have benefited from moving the timeline up a little. Perhaps. Yeah, not being a prequel would have helped my interest because I played as a character that basically didn't matter. I already knew he didn't matter because he doesn't even show up in Red Dead Redemption 1. So it's like, so I just... I'm just here to watch John Marston and Dutch, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've not played it, but I can understand that. I I, I would be interested in a game where you get to play or, you know, drive around in really early vehicles. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that would be nice. Like a little bit after. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Dylan, you have Cody there. Is Cody, uh, does he want to jump in and add on to this podcast as a bonus extra guest? Sure. I, uh, I have a few things I can probably. Sweet. Sorry, I'm eating a chip. I'm going to move the mic away for a second. Damn it, Josh. Very professional. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, it's gone. Okay. So, uh, Cody. Favorite game of moments. It doesn't have to be, like, best games of the year. Anything like that. Just for this year. Do you have maybe about almost five or a few favorite moments in gaming for you personally? 
Um, I have a couple on my mind, and once I start talking, I'll probably think of a couple more. But okay. uh, I'll start with Monster Hunter World. Cool. Mm. Personally, mm. when it launched, I mean, I just fell in love with it. Oh, yeah. And there came a point when I was doing, like, at the end game, when you're doing quests for, like, tempered monsters and all that, um, it wanted me to do a quest for a tempered Kieran, which, for those who don't know, is, like, a tempered monster is, like, double the damage. So they're powerhouses. And I was joining lobbies and trying to take it out with other people and that just wasn't working like people would come in wouldn't have lightning resistance armor or anything so eventually i was like i'm gonna do this on my own so i tried a few times and i was i was just getting wrecked by it and eventually i decided all right i'm gonna pull out a bow because on the DS, I never really used them, so I figured, you know, this will be an interesting challenge. Um, about 40 minutes later of me just poking away at this thing, and I finally managed to kill it with, like, five minutes to spare on the mission. And I don't know, that... I don't think I've ever felt quite such a sense of pride and accomplishment uh, as I did in that moment this year. Like, it, it was just great. Yeah, so, I mean, I think um, Monster Hunter World is still what I think I think is the best game of the year. Um, just because of That was really good, and I completely forgot about that, but same thing. Um... Slaying monsters in that game definitely um, was some of the most satisfying boss fights. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, in the world they crafted the the uh, monsters that were there all around. Like, well, I guess you just call them animals, but uh, just they they really fleshed out the world. Um, and they it was probably the most accessible monster hunter to like jump in and play, but also online connectivity the most accessible. Mm-hmm. So, and the map not being divided up into small little sections like it was before. Yeah, no blue yeah. trains. Yeah, that helps. That, that move, they, they did great with that game. It came out back in February, and I still think it's the best game of the year. Um, so that's, that's saying something. Easily. It is easily the best. Um, so any other gaming moments that you had that um, stick out in your mind, Cody? Um... So, Vermintide 2 is another game that came out this year. And I'd have a hard time recommending it because it's such a buggy mess. But at the same time, the core gameplay loop is so satisfying that, you know, I, I mean, I still play it. I love it. But, um, so the last mission uh, is called Skittergate. And I had to do it for a challenge for a skin I was trying to unlock. So I'm like, you know, this mission's a complete pain. I'm going to get it out of the way. <clears throat> and I started up. I get placed in a group. And, uh, you know, we're running through it. And we're making pretty good progress. Um, 
also, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty because, you know, that's what the achievement requires. But anyway, um, so we get towards the end, like right before the last little stretch, and a monster spawns. And monsters are essentially bosses that'll just show up whenever the AI director says, you got it too easy, you need some heart. (laughs) Um, and the spawns in this game can be very, very buddy. And this was one of those times. I remember watching my team is a little bit ahead of me because I stopped to pick something up. Um, and then out of nowhere, this monster just pops into existence. He's just there. So I'm like, guys, we've got a troll. We need to deal with this. And so everyone turns around. And we start going to town on it. And then three other special enemies spawn in. Special enemies that can pin you down and disable you and do a lot of damage. They just pop into existence around the monster. Oh, nice. So we're working on it. And I remember thinking the moment they spawn in, this isn't good. This is really bad. So, immediately, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna focus on these guys so my whole team doesn't get pinned and then we lose after, like, half an hour, you know, on this map. Um, And so, you know, I'm working on them. My team's working on the troll. Someone gets knocked off the cliff that the troll happened to spawn on, so now it's like a 3v4 against this giant lumbering thing with an axe. And we eventually take it down after like five minutes of being incredibly careful because we don't want the past half hour to go to waste. And yeah, we eventually, you know, do it. Um, I don't know, that game's a little bit of a mess, but it's got its moments. Even when it's doing stuff like that, it's satisfying to just, like, have something thrown at you with no heads up and being able to deal with it. Feels good. Oh, yeah. Nice. And it's yeah. also in the Warhammer universe, which right. I highly recommend. Right. I've heard that a few times from a few different people. Uh, thank you, Cody. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Josh, for joining us. And now I'm going to jump back into the podcast from this weird segment. Thanks, Josh and Dylan. Man, their stories were really good. Those were so interesting. Those were really good, especially num- num- like number three. I hope number that, I hope number five three racist. I hope he didn't say cool. anything racist. Yeah. Uh, anyway, obviously. Take This Studio fully endorses number one. Oh, my God. I hope... Uh, don't tell them what we said so they can't say something awful. Um, <laughs> Josh's is probably like some indie Norwegian horror game. I guarantee it, actually. I <laughs> hope I'm not wrong right now because it's already happened. But now I'm getting to my top five favorite games, of the, uh, gaming experiences of the year, um, which actually number five would be everything I've done in Fallout. It's, it's uh, If I had to really, really nail it down, um, it's the uh, beta. I'll, I'll, I'll 
I'll have two Fallout 76s on this list probably, but I'm going to compound them to one, and I'm going to say, of my two instances, uh, the beta where I made friends on a video game, which I've never done, just made friends on a video game, and uh, it, it was really strange because I, I didn't want to play solo because solo Fallout 76 is not the best Fallout 76, especially when you're low level, like it totally is not fun. Like that's that's it's, really... it's a different game. It's a survival horror game at that point. Yes, it should it be is. treated as such. Yes, it's a survival horror game, and when it's survival horror like that, it's also really hard to level up. So you really want to partner up with people early on. And uh, two different days in the uh, beta, I partnered up with two different groups, um, and it was really neat. Um, uh, the second group, especially, I'm still they're still on my friends list, and that's really cool. Um, but they they helped me a lot. And then when I got to the regular game, they came back and they helped me and Lee uh, level up a lot, which is really cool. Um, and that was it was really you know what? really neat I've... to have that connection I never had before in the game. With it with another player, I actually uh, after playing for a while, um, it, it literally like. <sighs> You spend a lot of time doing things, but the best part is you spend a lot of time not doing things either. Yeah. Um, you can do either one. So just like, you know, crafting and building stuff and just, you know, just your general in fun video game stuff is, is like fun to have someone else. But we had a huge discussion on uh, mental health and philosophy. And it's so weird, but it it fit what we were doing. And yeah. I just remember it being such a good conversation. And it was just like, it's, it's weird. Like this, it, it, the game is weird. I feel like it's a social experiment. Um, I feel like, <laughs> like the game a is a Vault Tech experiment. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then my second moment in Fallout 76, to put them all both in one number, uh, is just being able to, just having a game that me and my brother both enjoy a lot again, which we haven't had in years. It's been probably since Battlefield 4. I guess was the last time he was, or maybe Battlefield 3, the last time he was into playing a game online uh, in a kind of a regular fashion. Um, so it's been years since he has enjoyed a game online, and that is really neat, because uh, that's something that doesn't happen very often, uh, especially with his job and the hours he works. He still makes time for Fallout, which is uh, pretty crazy with like a 70-hour work week. Um <clears throat> Number four for me was finally jumping in on Bayonetta, Bayonetta 1 and 2. Uh, I played them both. I had played a little bit of Bayonetta 1 and an even shorter amount of Bayonetta 2. Um, but I bought Kimberly Bayonetta 2 and 1 on the Switch, even though I had bought it for her on Wii U as well. And I decided I want to play these. So throughout um, two whole days, for two days back to back, I was just binging the shit out of them. I played Bayonetta 1 on her Switch because it was digital download. played Bayonetta 2 on my Switch and I loved those games. I, I had watched her play them, but I had never played them myself. And, I mean, it's Platinum Games so you, you get a solid experience. Even their poorly reviewed games are, are pretty fun. So, I, uh, I really enjoyed getting to play that. Um, number 3, uh, would probably be this year they had a uh, Pokemon Go event for Squirtle, for Sunglasses Squirtle. And I actually, um, I was sick. Uh, I rode in a car with my uh, my girlfriend's father and two of her brothers, and we went around and hit a bunch of Pokestops. We live in kind of a rural town, uh, especially the part of the town where they live. So we had to drive to the different stops and make just trips over and over and over, hitting them and, and um, collecting 
all of the Squirtles. I get, I got, it was, I think, a three-hour event. I got carsick uh, 30 minutes in. <laughs> and then they decided to order Jax. And they went by and they got Jax. And they didn't even eat it. So it was just two and a half hours of Jax sitting in the car, smelling that while I was sick. But I loved it. Oh, yeah. I caught so Ooh. many uh, squirtles, so many um, shiny squirtles, and so many shiny squirtles that I could turn into blastoises that had the sunglasses on. I loved every bit of that event. That was really, 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 really cool. Um, my number two is probably going to fall into um, uh, like a more recent love, but it's being played in the World of Light and Smash Brothers. Getting to play Smash Brothers, seeing all these characters back. My name, my brother's favorite character in Smash Brothers was Snake, so having him back is really cool. I really like Snake, even though I forced myself to move over to being a, a Link main, um, and World of Light kind of converted me into a Kirby main. I still, I think I'm going to play as Snake in every fight my brother's not in, because then he's going to be Snake. Um, and my absolute number one favorite gaming experience of the year is getting into Dead by Daylight. Um, I It's a game that I always saw and I always I didn't give it a chance because it was it was a horror game. It was there and then I got into Friday the 13th and I loved Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th you know um, was obliterated by lawsuits and uh, so I had to move on I moved on to Dead by Daylight because I never really gave it a chance I'd played like one night ever on a horror gaming uh, charity video last year uh, on our YouTube youtube.com slash take the studios but I did Dead by Daylight um, again this year really got into it found uh, some people to follow on Twitch that were big into Dead by Daylight and I've just fallen in love with that game and I have Almost everyone at work, I have converted them to at least buy the game. I just have to get them not so scared when they play it. I have to get them in the want to play it because it is a scary game. But that's my number one thing is finding a game that could replace Friday the 13th. Because I put so many hours on Friday the 13th, probably more into Friday the 13th last year than any game I'd put in, like any hours I'd put into any game last year. And for it to die this year before it even reached a year old really pissed me off. So finding a replacement and not having to have that hole in my heart. I, well, uh, what if someone just made a knockoff of it and called it like Saturday the 14th or something? I would be okay with that. But Dead by Daylight has licensed killers like Leatherface and like uh, Jigsaw and Michael Myers. So it'd be hard to compete, but I'd be okay with that too probably. What if they just made terrible knockoff versions of them? Like that's, that's fine. Th- they had a killer that's named man. Jackson, who wears an umpire mask. God damn it! It kills people with like a bush axe instead of a machete. You're really getting me ready for. They have another one named Mickey, who he wears like a like an off white mask Tail end segment with blonde hair on it, which is called the Negative Zone. Lee, are you ready to get negative? Uh, I did. We not already. <laughs> Well, get ready. Okay. Alright, Lee. Anything you got to bitch about? Anything you want to bitch about? Uh, I want to. I want to just. Uh, you know, no. I make sure you're playing very like. I want to hear like in the arms of an angel in this section or something like that. I want to just talk okay. directly to, to people. So, 
some of you don't like games and other people like those games and i think it's it's important for you to know that for some people uh those moments that they're having in the games are are very important and yeah. they're having a lot of fun with their friends and things and um you 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 could just shut the fuck up that's it <laughs> So the, I guess this may be the most negative zone, negative negative zone we've ever had. Because the most uh, they never they didn't was... listen to our Arkham Knight podcast. Then. No, but I think in the gaming community, the most negative thing you can do is be positive, or even more so, tell people not to be negative. Ooh, you can't tell me what to do. I'm gonna be so pissed off. That yeah, of like I I don't know. This year has really opened my eyes when when people used to say stuff like. You know, gamers are toxic and you know terrible and yeah, uh, violent and all this other kind of stuff. I'd be that's like, oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit." And then now I'm looking. I'm like, "Fuck gamers! Gamers are over." Like, <laughs> mommy like Sarkeesian was so right. Like, I, I, I am one... not a gamer. I'm a person who plays games. Okay, exactly. Like, that happened. The, 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 okay, so I actually this is way if, if your fucking identity is that you play video games, you're. Fuck you. I, I'm sorry. Just Yes. It's an activity we do. God. But it's not our lives, right? It's um, like if, if if I meet someone and they're not Tiger Woods or something like that and they just say, I'm a golfer. It's like, <laughs> Steve, you're a fucking accountant. Calm the fuck down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're going to Happy Gilmore. Um... I'm a person and my name is Anakin. You didn't. You don't want to be called a pod racer. Yeah. So I. Oh my god. Yeah. I totally agree. I hate being called a gamer. And this is the end of the negative zone. Just basically, just don't be negative. That's weird. Just, there's. There's. Man, the why? Dead. Why be salty when you could just shut the fuck up? Well, <laughs> if you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Please share. We are at the end. My name is Spencer. You can find me on all social media at SYCO1316. Uh, my name is Lee. I'm not going to give you my handle because it'll be different the next one. It's, it, 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 <laughs> that is. It's man. different than the last one, so I'm not even going to joke. Like it's. It is. It's, <laughs> his name is Lee, and he likes Fallout 76. Don't at him. You literally just, can't. Yeah. Um, that's, I'll just change it so it won't matter. But you can yell at him if you yell at us collectively because you can find us on all social media. Collectively at Take This Studios. You can also find our videos that yep. we reference through in our podcast at youtube.com slash the Take This Studios, Studios account. You can you can follow us if you want uh, retweets in your timeline of wrestling, uh, like streamer thoughts, uh, streamer thoughts, or, <laughs> uh, you know, like non-controversial opinions that are controversial. Totally, totally, because games are just games, and they should just be games. Um, and uh, also, please share, please subscribe, uh, g- give us a review. Uh, we are on all pl- podcast platforms, and if we're not on the podcast f- platform that you listen to, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if you somehow are, please let us know which platform uh, we're not on. If you find a holotape in a refrigerator <laughs> in 20 years, yes, uh, I don't know how it got more. there, um, but you know. Like, hey, maybe we're still alive. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you hopefully next week. Man, we really got to get better with our schedule.
I couldn't tell if that was part of the podcast or was being just sincerity after the fact. Oh man, I think I'm gonna leave it in now. I already played our, our Cuphead outro, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it in there. Bye guys. That's it. That's it.